This is KABF in Little Rock, 88.3, the voice of the people in central Arkansas. For Radio Cows, a weekly program from the Central Arkansas Library System. Every Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 p.m. here on KABF 88.3 FM, we'll share with you conversations with interesting Arkansans on primary sources, chewing the fat with Rex and Paul, and much, much more. We invite you to let us know what else you want to hear by contacting us at radiocows at cows.org. This program is presented by the Butler Center for Arkansas Studies and the Cows Communications and Public Relations Department. For more information about Radio Cows, please visit the Butler Center's blog at butlercenter.org. It's time for Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul, a regular feature on Radio Cows. That's Rex Nelson, who is senior editor and columnist for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and who writes the food blog Southern Fried, and Paul Austin, who is the executive director of the Arkansas Humanities Council, talking about Arkansas food, festivals, and folks. Well, time for another episode of Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul. I'm Rex. Rex, I'm Paul, and I'm from Imboden. Did you, know? <laughs> you got right to it this yeah. week, did you? Two seconds in, I've made the, uh, the uh, required uh, announcement. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm... I'm actually from Arkadelphia, where okay. you were supposed to introduce a major program recently yeah. and uh, stood, and us, stood us all up. Rex, I was doing PR for Chewing the Fat. Oh, okay. We've now we become what very popular you. in New Jersey, <laughs> Tom's River, New Jersey, and uh, I expect we'll increase our our uh, listeners by at least tens, I'm sure. Yes. All the Gervasinis in in. Uh, New Jersey, and they'll be listening. Well, since we last were here, you've pretty much been on funeral duty. Texas, <laughs> New Jersey, you yeah. name it. I, th I think that's what you do for a living I now, think, right? Uh, you go to funerals. I'm afraid that that's what comes with age, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I've been a forced march to Fort Worth and back with my uncle Conway Sawyers, and then Jan's uncle Al Gervasini from Tom's River, New Jersey. We drove, just got back last night, 20 hours. Wow. Each way, which is a long drive. But as you and I mentioned, uh, talking about just before, my first time to drive through the Shenandoah Valley, goodness gracious. Oh, what gorgeous country. You know, I, I didn't do everything smart, but one of the smart things I did when I lived in Washington, D.C. in the 80s, uh, as you know, my wife and I met there, but it was a few years after I'd moved up there that we met, so I was single, I was young, and I would spend weekends exploring, and mm. I'm so glad I did yeah. because... I would explore Virginia, I would explore Maryland, I would explore Delaware, I would explore Pennsylvania, yeah. and uh, even New Jersey, believe it or not, uh, you know, killing a lot of those stereotypes yeah. that we tend to have here in Arkansas. There's some beautiful parts of southern New Jersey, for instance, that's why it's called the Garden State. Uh, Rex, this is in middle New Jersey between Atlantic City and New York, mm -hmm. and when we left, we took a different uh, route. Uh, through Philadelphia or skirting north north of Philadelphia. But we passed through, uh, so we were on a two-lane road to get to the New Jersey Expressway. We we passed by fields where they were cutting soybeans. Oh, yeah. In New Jersey. Oh, yeah. It was just very rural, some beautiful uh, villages, just really a neat part of the state. Well, Delaware, where I actually met my wife on the Delaware coast, I was part of a group that had a beach house over there. So in the summer, I'd go over there every weekend, and Delaware was just south of New Jersey, 
you felt like you were in Arkansas, almost felt home, small towns, soybean fields, and chicken houses. I was going to say, chicken everywhere. houses. Everywhere, lots yeah. of chicken houses and lots of soybeans in Delaware. Is, is that Purdue, maybe, or it's uh -huh. one of the Frank big ones? Purdue. Frank Purdue, uh -huh. I think, is uh -huh. a Delaware thing. It used thing. to be uh, in that area. A lot, yeah. of, lot of big things, and the bridges are big, the rivers are big, the mountains are big. It's big. I was going to say, when you get over into western Pennsylvania, again, and people here that haven't traveled tend to kind of stereotype as others stereotype us here in Arkansas that Indeed. haven't been here. But yeah. you get out in western Pennsylvania and it's really hilly and it's a beautiful country, beautiful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We passed by, uh, of course we didn't have time to stop at anything, but we passed by the exit to Gettysburg. And then once you get into the Shenandoah Valley, just every exit was a historic site, oh, yeah. Civil War battlefield. Absolutely. I'd go to Gettysburg a lot on the weekends. and. One year, even though I was covering Congress, basically, for the Arkansas Democrat, during the August recess, Congress was out on its traditional August recess, I somehow talked the paper into letting me, because there were a lot of people with University of Arkansas connections with them at hmm. the time, go cover several days of Redskin training camp in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. where the old yeah. Carlisle Indian yeah. School yeah. was. And the Army War College. And the Army War, U.S. Army War College yeah. still there. Yeah. And uh, just a neat town. I really, really fell in love with Carlisle. But then later I would go up to Lancaster, which is the Amish country, right. part of the Amish Yeah, those country. are all so exits. Were, yeah, I, I was going to say, you went through that area. Went through all of them and didn't get to stop at any of them. Yeah. Now, yeah. we did stop on our way out. Uh, we left the the uh, dinner after the funeral. Uh course at an Italian restaurant as you might imagine mm -hmm. and so we had to go through as I said earlier we stopped at a farmer's market and bought some uh, fresh sweet corn and I talked to the guy I said our corn's been gone for a month or so he said yeah we probably got another two or three weeks of it and it'll be gone so <laughs> yeah. who yeah. knew uh, that you I just as you said you think of stereotypes and it's either Atlantic City or New York is what yeah. you think of exactly. well, this was not they uh, I said Jan I believe these I believe that's a, they're cutting beans out here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't think about that. Yeah. A lot of soybeans, a lot of corn in that area. Yeah, just just wonderful country. Well, good, good. Well, I'm, now, I'm glad you're back. Even well, glad to be back. And I suspect, I don't want to say too much, but I suspect the Shenandoah Valley campaign might be close to rivaling the Camden expedition for a trip. I'm not sure. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. I bet you didn't have a meal as good That's as we exactly had at the right. Betts house in Camden, right. however. We did not at all. But uh, I, I should have told you because you told me you, if, of course, I didn't know in advance, you stayed at Winchester, but uh, should have gotten apples be ripe this time of year. That's a big apple growing country. Winchester. They have an apple festival in Winchester, Virginia. And Patsy Cline was from there, famous crooner. So, and uh, I think uh, Jeb Stewart fought a battle in Winchester. I, I think you I'm may right be right. That, yeah. I think you may be right. Yeah. Uh, as you came on down Interstate 81, going through the Shenandoah Valley, you also would have gone through a little town called New Market, Virginia. Yes. Yeah, and, I saw the uh, sign. New Market's got a neat battlefield where a lot of the cadets from VMI, who were kids basically, high school kids fought yeah. and were killed. But there was a great old restaurant there uh, called the Southern Inn. And I, I looked it up out of curiosity not too long ago, and I think I'm pretty sure it's still open. But I would do weekend excursions down there. And uh, to be very Virginia, uh, I would always start with peanut soup. Have you ever had peanut no, soup? No, no, oh, no. Excellent. 
Excellent. Big Virginia thing. Peanut soup, and then I'd have country ham. Virginia, of course, mm -hmm. famous for its country hams. Yeah, that does well, sound good. Yet if I had known you were out in advance, I would have I would have mentioned some of these places. Well, yeah. we were it was a forced march both ways, but it, it told us that um, once one retires, mm -hmm. this needs to be a nice road trip where you can take your time and not have deadlines and not drive at night. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of road trips, we better get back to Arkansas. Since we were last here, you and I made just a fascinating road trip up to Pigot, Arkansas. We had a great time at Pigot, which is really becoming a neat destination. It really is. I've got two columns out of it. Uh, the place uh, we stayed were luxurious, not nice, luxurious. Yeah. Yeah, Joe and Tracy Cole, who are both natives of Pigott, both went to Pigott High School, um, have been married a number of years, and they had gone over to Memphis, and uh, Joe had a very uh, well-known law practice there. Tracy was doing very well with a big corporation in marketing, and they decided they wanted to come home, and they have pretty well taken it upon themselves, yeah. Paul, to revitalize yeah. downtown Pigott really again. It's, uh, and you'll be able to talk to this more about this more even more than I can, but these little towns that are really trying to make a go of it, it's almost always leadership, isn't it? Yep, it and is. that's what they've got, and they've got, you know, Joe and his wife, uh, you know, they're grandparents, so. Yep, But, you, yep. you know, we met uh, one of the Baldwin brothers, and uh, they're all friends of Josh's, and these are young men that are still committed to Piggott, and then I met a, a guy at the uh, football game after that who was also from Piggott, a young man, successful young man, and staying home in Piggott and trying to make things go in Piggott. And I think you can see some benefits of that, right. can't you? Some really positive evidence of that. Well, the Coles took the old bank building there <laughs> and turned it into the inn at Piggott, right. uh, where we had just a wonderful gourmet-style breakfast there. But we didn't actually stay in the inn itself because here's what else they have done. They have taken what used to be an old grocery store on the square there, Clay County Courthouse Square, and they have opened uh, the market at Piggott, and the Piggott Market is an upscale coffee shop bakery that I think you will verify, Paul, would fit into any big city oh, in America, yeah. big city style. Probably yeah. a $10,000 Italian uh, latte machine, yeah, exactly. I, first class, in Piggott. In Piggott. Yeah. As I, I told you, I called Josh that Wednesday morning, and he said, what are you doing? I said, well, believe it or not, I'm sitting on the square in Piggott having a latte and a scone. He said, what? <laughs> Piggott? Yeah. You Piggott? Yes. Yeah. It's just really a neat place. And, yeah. you know, it, that morning you could see that they're still really trying to focus on keeping the businesses in the square. And, and of course, that night we had, uh, after uh, a cocktail or two, we went had... Uh, Barbecue at Strawberries with which the banker. Which is on the Missouri side of the on line. the Missouri yes. side, yeah. Which was a great barbecue. Yeah. And I had a modest, uh, some just a couple of ribs, but you kind of went overboard with <laughs> the pork steak. The pork steak. <laughs> now, not only did I give you a third of that pork steak, <laughs> and I, you know, you rare, you travel with me a lot, Paul. You've uh, rarely well, not yeah. seen me have a clean plate rare, after rare. a meal. <laughs> I, I kept only two-thirds of it, and I couldn't finish that, as you noticed. It I was huge. food on the plate. This yeah. was not a cutlet. This no, was a steak. It was a pork steak that had been smoked. This place used to be a little small-town bar. I think Strawberry was the nickname of the guy yeah. that owned it. And uh, everybody liked his barbecue so much that he expanded next door, and it's... Uh, 
still a bar on one side, but a full-service restaurant on yep. the other side now. This uh, young man that I met at the ball game, he said, so you went to Strawberries, right? He said, did you have the barbecue or the steak? I said, no, we did the barbecue side. He said, the steaks are the best in the country. Wow. So wow. Okay. You're on the other side, I guess, and have a steak. But it was a, it was a neat place. And I'd heard of Strawberry. People uh -huh. had... Josh and his buddies had talked about that's where you need to go. And it was, what, five five miles from Pigot, maybe, yeah. Yeah. something like that? Well, I read what our eyeballs had told us. Um, I read a story that verified it where the UA Cooperative Extension Service said it is a really good cotton crop in Arkansas this year. Boy, yeah. Still a lot of cotton grown up in Clay County. And the fields were just gorgeous. Just were they gorgeous, not? full when we were there, and a lot of them. Yeah, and I a mean, lot. almost yeah. from uh, Rector all the way oh, yeah. to Pig. It was just all cotton. Yeah, almost from Paragould to Pig. Almost it from Paragould. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As you go up, there was and that, a gin or two there that we're obviously going to do some business. And, this and year. when the cotton is white, what a beautiful drive because you've got fields full of white, and then as you head north, it's to your left or to your west. Then you've got Crowley's Ridge Crowley's popping Ridge, yeah. up, and it's you're going right up the ridge, basically, yeah. Yeah. Just as you classic. look to your left. Yeah. And that's probably the way it looked when Ernest Hemingway was there in the 1920s. Yeah, Cotton exactly. and Crowley's Ridge, yeah. Exactly. That we was, did that, too. We that visited would have been what the Fifers would have been growing on their, what, more than 60,000 acres of land <laughs> yeah. exactly that they right. owned yeah. up there. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, it, it, it was just, it was one of those lucky things but uh, we went to the Carl and Matilda Pfeiffer House, which is opened as a museum and an education center, and they have a lot of school groups through right. there, which is right behind Hemingway Pfeiffer. Yeah. You can park in one place and easily walk to both of them, but there's this wonderful library. Uh, Matilda Pfeiffer was a collector of books and minerals, and there's this wonderful library, and loving books, uh, she had uh, the old John Gould Fletcher, Arkansas, and I, I've got a you copy of that, and I happened to pull it down. Well, it had been given to Carl by the famous Uncle Gus, <laughs> and he had written an inscription. We just got lucky yeah, opening yeah. that about how your father came to this wilderness, basically, and drained the swamps and turned it into 60,000 uh, 60, like acres of productive land, and it was signed Uncle Gus. Uncle Gus, yeah. And those of you not familiar with the Hemingway story as others, uh, Uncle Gus, the man that um, basically underwrote Hemingway's adventures while Hemingway was yeah. married to Pauline Bought his, bought his boat. It uh, was in Key West. Trips to Africa. Did the safari. Bought the house in Key West. Uncle Gus was a serious supporter. And that lasted as long as they were married. Yeah. And Ernest thought that he was so close to them that even though they were divorced, it wouldn't matter. Well, that didn't turn out that way. He was done with, the, the Uncle Gus was done with Ernest when he left Pauline. But, yeah, signed by, you just happened to pull it. I had a wall full of books. Yeah, yeah. And just pull that one out. Out, and it happened to be signed by Uncle yeah. Gus, which was really neat, with a neat inscription, Very too, neat. And, about, uh, how, and, uh, about and how his brother. The uh, mineral collection they have there is yeah. Maybe as fine as there is in the world. Unbelievable what's that, what that could possibly be worth. Well, Matilda Pfeiffer lived uh, up until just a few years ago uh, into her 90s and left her estate in a private foundation. And uh, I think the stock market's been doing so well, likely to be frank, that they're making money so they can yeah. go out and buy new minerals, yeah. which apparently they do on which a regular they do, basis yeah. to add to the collection. Oh, yeah, this was... Uh... I mean, what did he say? The gentleman that gave us the tour, who was the executor of her estate, uh -huh. 
who, by the way, was the uncle of this kid I met at the football game. Oh, okay. Small world. <laughs> Small world. Uh, but he said that uh, Mr. Pfeiffer was buying, was it AT&C stock or something? Yeah, early on. Early yeah. on. Yeah. Uh-huh. GE or something. Mm -hmm. Started in the 20s, and as you said, no telling what it's worth. Kept and I, stuff. I think you're right. They're probably looking for ways to spend the money. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful grounds. We were there on a pretty day, and I walked around the grounds. The trees are identified, just some huge trees there on the ridge. But I say all of this to say, talking about people say, well, what do you do in Piggott? And they probably have heard, if they keep up at all, of Hemingway Pfeiffer, but you don't see as much publicity about the Carl and Matilda Hemingway house. But it's worth a visit oh, itself it's definitely worth, there. worth a visit. Yeah, it's a beautiful old house. And, and if you're like me gorgeous. and you read everything, the two houses themselves can take up about a half day. Oh, easily. Yeah. read all the exhibits. Uh, easily. And we didn't do, we didn't actually go in the house. We've been in there, been in it several times. But uh, Yeah, we've been in Hemingway Pfeiffer several times. Plenty of times. Yeah. But it's a great visit. You know, they were able to, when the lady that bought it from Miss Pfeiffer, she bought everything, furniture, dishes, silverware, everything. And when that lady, uh, I guess, died and they gave it to ASU, they got all of that stuff. So all of the furnishings that are in the house are the Pfeiffer furnishings from the 20s, along with all the glassware and silverware. And it's a really a neat place. So all of this is to say is you can stay at the Inn at Piggott downtown. You can have a great breakfast. Then you can go over, go to both houses, and you can have lattes or espressos at the Piggott Market. All of this to say is Piggott makes a nice little road trip makes if you're a looking for an Arkansas road trip. road trip. I was talking to some people uh, again at the football game, and they were from Jonesboro. And she said, well, you know, we're in Jonesboro. I don't know that we want to go to Piggott. I said, you need to go to Piggott. Stay at the inn and goof off. It's a, it's a great place to relax, and it's still a vibrant town. E exactly. And things are going on, and they're... Uh, well, you, if you're connected like we were, you can have lunch at the country club. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Piggott Country Club. And you can always go over to Strawberries to the go Missouri to side of the line. That's right. Yeah. Although you heard that the uh, the Moark Bar up there right across the St. Francis River has a pretty good cheeseburger, too. I heard I you still heard. got the greasy grill that's 60 years old. <laughs> Hard to beat that. And you, you'll know it when you pass it because it's got a giant Razorback. But to be correct, because it serves people from both sides of the line. Now, it's on the Missouri side. Yeah. So it's got a Missouri Tiger, and it's also got uh, the ASU Indians. They Jump. haven't updated to the Red Wolf <laughs> yet. Got Jumping Joe. Yeah. The old jump, that may be the last Jumping Joe <laughs> remaining. It may be. And he's on he's on this bar on yeah. the Missouri side of the line. We've always wanted. We Our plan was to do it this time, but we got waylaid with going to barbecue at Strawberries, but yeah. we've got to have a beer there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at some point. Well, I've got to have a cheeseburger now. Now, huh? cheeseburger, yeah. exactly. I have a license plate that someone found at a garage sale that's an old ASU license plate. With Jumpin' Joe on it? And he has a, a scalp with blood dripping off of it. I mean, just couldn't be any more politically incorrect. Well, you being an ASU graduate, of course, you're also a Razorback fan, have season tickets, but... You remember the old bumper stickers, how long will they run? And it was Jumping Joe chasing the hog right. with the hatchet. you remember those? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it would say, how long will they run on it? Well, we won't have to tell it here, but, you know, the joke that the ASU coach told at the Touchdown Club was a classic. Oh, yeah, it went viral. It, it went, went viral. viral, yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought, okay, well, good-natured, of course. But. Absolutely. Well, Piggott was a, was a fun trip for all concerned. Now, I mentioned that you went to Arkansas State University, and uh, I, I, I suspect, Paul, um, 
because most of the meetings when we go back to Jonesboro either on campus or they're out on what's now Red Wolf Boulevard, used to be Stadium Boulevard, where all the restaurants and all. I suspect it had probably been a long time since you'd been downtown and I wanted you to see there's a real downtown renaissance in Jonesboro it's going really on. It's really unbelievable. When yeah. I left Jonesboro in uh, 79, uh, downtown was, there was nothing down there. The, yeah. the, the buildings Dead. were all empty. Yeah. And it had been that way for 20 years, probably. Mm -hmm. And now it's a huge renaissance with restaurants and bars and uh, and stores yeah. and uh, obviously a lot of disposable income now in Jonesboro. We, we ate at the Parsonage. Now it has that name because the young couple that runs it started over in Marion and they bought a former Parsonage to put their <laughs> restaurant in. Yeah. And what was really neat, and I ended up getting a column out of this too, but they said they looked at Nashville, Tennessee, they looked at Austin, Texas, but Jonesboro was booming so that they, they saw a future in downtown Jonesboro for that restaurant. And what day did we go, Tuesday or Monday? Yeah, or? yeah I think it was a I Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday mm -hmm. and it was full for oh, yeah. lunch. Yeah. yeah, the sandwiches on homemade bread. It's great, it was great. That they make right there. And that wasn't the only place. There no, were a no, lot of no, we walked up and down walked up and down the street, a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars. They say it's very active at night. And as is happening in other towns, whether it's a Little Rock or others that are that are starting to revitalize their downtown, they're getting people to move back downtown. So you see lofts being yep. developed, yes. you see new housing construction. Yeah. On, on each side of uh, Main yeah. Street, yeah. Absolutely. I, and I lived, uh, when I got out of the Navy and went back to ASU, I had an apartment about two blocks off Main Street, and there was nothing on Main Street. Yeah, the bank was there. Yeah, but that was about it. But you can see some of these old bank buildings now; they're restoring them, really, uh, really doing some remarkable things. Well, and Saint uh, we Saint Bernard's is just exploding because they've got competition from Arkansas Baptist. Yeah, and you can see all sort of other businesses uh, ancillary to that uh, to Saint Bernard's that's really causing it to take off. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, we, we talk a lot, and we should, because it's been a great thing for Arkansas about the Northwest Arkansas boom, but Jonesboro and, and the surrounding communities are such a boom town now. You and I, just out of curiosity going up, we weren't in a hurry, pulled off and went through the Valley View School District. It was like a college campus, Paul. <laughs> I used to think of Valley was. View as a tiny little school. This was a huge big complex, the high school yeah. the, and the stadium. and I was really... I mean, I knew that they were doing a lot, but it's, uh, I mean, it's contiguous to Jonesboro now. Went out to Brooklyn, where your grandparents used to live. Yeah, used to pretty well be rural. It's, it's even become urbanized. It's all one place. In fact, yeah. they bypass Brooklyn now. Yeah. Now, my grandfather's house is still there, but the barn and all the land, it's all homes now. But Aren't uh, you glad they have left the highway sign for Goober Town, though? <laughs> The old store is gone. No, the store is gone, but one of my favorite named Arkansas place. I Goober mean, Town. it's right up there with Old Trough, and uh, it is Goober Town. It's Goober Town, yeah. Yeah. The Goober Town store. I've stopped in it many times. <laughs> Have you? It's oh, yeah. too bad it's Absolutely. gone. Absolutely. It's a classic old general store that was there. Yeah. And uh, Grandpa always did his feed business in Paragould at the Farmer's Co-op uh -huh. instead of going to Jonesboro. And we'd stop at Goober Town and get a Coke and peanuts or something. You know, in the old days, you used to buy a Coke in a bag of peanuts and pour the peanuts in the Coke mm -hmm. and have Coke and peanuts, sort of a little treat. Well, we also stopped, and not to the extent of Jonesboro, because it's not nearly as big, but there is a renaissance going on in downtown Paragould also. Yeah. And I wanted to take you to one of my 
favorite colorful Arkansans, uh, you got to love the name, Harry Truman Moore, H.T. Right. Yeah. And H.T. was not there, but he has taken an old bank building and redone it, and his assistant was nice enough, even though he was not there. <laughs> She's probably used to it. People have heard about it. Take us up to his office, which, Paul, we both love politics and sports both. It is an Arkansas political oh, and a baseball museum, oh, basically, no doubt about it. It, oh, the office. It's yeah. uh, Cardinals and Bill Clinton. Yeah, exactly. And Harry Truman. Yeah, and Harry Truman, absolutely. <laughs> I don't see how he can get any work done there. In fact, I believe he's got another office that he does his work, because that would be does, way too distracting. It, it really is a museum, Just isn't a it? museum of every pictures of him with Cardinals, and someone said that he handles a uh, one of the Cardinal pitchers, Leather Work Money, or oh, uh -huh, I mean, uh -huh. just seriously connected me. to the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. And of course, was an early Bill Clinton supporter. And you and I are Cardinal fans, yeah. so it was a lot of fun. It was I a great you enjoy that stop. And my uh, my barber, uh, Galen Wallace, you know, Speed and Galen have yeah, uh, yes, I've heard you barber talk about service Speed and on, on University. Yep. They're from Stanford, Arkansas. Ah, okay. And so he told me, he said, now, are you and Rex? For your little radio show, as he calls it. <laughs> little radio show. You need to stop at the cafe there on, on the square. It's a great plate lunch, and that's what we talked to the, yeah. his receptionist about. She said, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, in fact, that's the place that used to be Perky Shoes, Don told me. Oh, okay. My Don Ernst. Okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Mr. Perky, yeah. Well, that... Paragould is booming. Yeah, it's doing well also. Both Craighead and Greene County are doing very, Banks very well. Banks everywhere. Yeah. So there's got to be some money somewhere. Got to be. Got to be. Maybe out of that cotton crop Maybe this year, as good crop, as yeah. it looked. Yeah. yeah. It. Uh, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised with downtown Paragould. So they're hanging in there really well. They are. And uh, we passed the restaurant who had catered when we did the infamous Hemingway quail hunt that we've talked about on <laughs> yeah. this show before. Uh, there's a restaurant downtown that had catered that, and we passed that. We haven't ever actually been in the restaurant, but we remember how good the grilled quail was. It was really so. good. Uh, that was a, a quail and duck hunt, and I thought they meant duck shooting ducks. No, they meant duck, <laughs> so the Hemingway grandson would shoot you. Came around on you, yeah. But yeah. now, Rex, I think one of the important finds and we didn't get to explore it, but it needs to be on our list, was this little hamburger stand right across the tracks there in Paragould. Oh, uh, so somebody told me it's just wonderful. Just looks yeah. like a wonderful little place. Little 1920s gas station, Yeah, basically. right on the railroad yeah. tracks. Yep. People were sitting out on the picnic table. I thought, that looks like hamburgers ready to go. Yep, absolutely. Well, we, we've got to get back up that way. I don't it's, think there's any doubt about it. It is just that simple. <laughs> it is right. just that simple. We're going yeah. to have to make another trip to Piggott. Another but I, trip to I can highly, You know, I milked that trip for a column on downtown Jonesboro, <laughs> a column on what the Coles were doing, and then a column on the movie A Face in the Crowd, because uh, A Face in the Crowd, um, actually, I, I, I Googled, pulled up political columns for, from last year, and there were a lot of people who were comparing the Andy Griffith character to President Trump mm -hmm. and uh, becoming a celebrity. So facing the crowd kind of is back in the news. And, uh, yeah. of course, um, uh, you know, they brought the crew there and they filmed for two full weeks in Piggott. And the market at Piggott that the Coles have started, one whole wall of that is a brick wall. And it's basically, it's kind of a Piggott museum. Yeah, right. And there are a lot of photos up there. But when we went to the Carl and Matilda Pfeiffer house, they also showed us where the pool was, where the swimming pool scenes <laughs> yeah. were. And they paid them a dollar each, was it? Dollar each, the local had the kids, local kids yeah. to come and jump in the yeah. pool. But that was later turned into a pond. Right. It's a pond now. 
but you well, can see where the pool was, where the pool scenes were. You know, Rex, you know how. But uh, it was it was Andy Griffith's Hollywood debut. It used to be that everybody was at the Chicago Cubs game when Babe Ruth pointed and hit the home runs. Like five million people said they were there. That's kind of the same way with Pickett. Everybody in town was in the movie. Was they in the movie. They, they will the tell movie. you that. Yeah. yeah, everybody. You have to ask how old they are because <laughs> then you start to wonder. It's been 60 years it since been, it was yeah. released. Now, what is that, the name of the little boy? It was released boy in 57. So, yeah. On, in, on the Andrew Griffith show that wore the little cowboy outfit would be shooting people. And Joe Cole claims that he was the inspiration for that. Because, <laughs> Joe says he was the inspiration. Yes, he would, okay. when they were filming Leon from the Andy Griffith Show, uh -huh. when, when they were filming A Face in the Crowd, he would wear his cowboy little cowboy outfit. and he'd go up and shoot Andy Griffith all the time. Okay, well, he bothered him. He said, I'm convinced I was the inspiration for that. Yeah, so yeah. so pig it. Well, he, he may have been. And so. if you listen to Joe and some of the others, that's not the only thing. I think Piggott's responsible for winning World War II, I believe. Yeah, Joe's written, written a history of it. Yeah. Really a fascinating place. You've been listening to Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul on Radio Cows, a production of the Central Arkansas Library System, its Arkansas History Department, the Butler Center for Arkansas Studies, and the Cows Communications and Public Relations Department. For more information, please visit cows.org and butlercenter.org. Our producer is Glenn Whaley. Production manager is Shelley Stormo. Voices by Jasmine Job and John Miller. Engineering and editing by Anna Lancaster and Shelley Stormo. This is KABF in Little Rock, 88.3, the voice of the people in central Arkansas.